Before we get started, the creatives behind Not A Bomb Podcast would like to publicly apologize to anybody who happened to watch this week's movie. We walked into this one blind. Unfortunately, the MVD Rewind Collection does not put warning labels on its products. In the 90s, for reasons we won't get into, were a blur for some of us. We promise to do better in the future and are deeply sorry for any emotional scarring this film may have caused. This is Troy Sauer. Brian Anderson. John Nance. And this is not a bomb. The, the podcast is not a bomb. The movie is a total bomb. The podcast is fine. Welcome back to the last movie of September, where we have been talking about movies based on video game properties. As you all know, the whole theme of this podcast is to pick films that bombed in the theater or the critics just, you know, eviscerated in their reviews and talk about them and, uh, you know, see if maybe they need a reevaluation uh brad we we boy boy what a, what a choice we made this week we did we we tried to kind of go old school and look at the first two films that sort of kicked off this fad and so the choices were super mario brothers from 1993 that was uh, apparently the first movie based on a video game property and the second one is the film that we're talking about tonight which is 1994's double dragon now, this one stars Mark Dacascus, and if we were going to talk about Mark Dacascus, we, we had to bring our Mark Dacascus expert back on the show. John, how are you doing this evening? Doing good, guys. How are you guys? I was doing great up until this 96-minute garbage <laughs> that well, just floated I, across my eyes. <laughs> I am going to do my best to convince you otherwise. Oh, wow! please do, wow. sir. Please do. Uh, I, so the other thing we kind of promised and, and I'll give a little backstory. I thought I was so close to getting the one person who I know, uh, actually beat the arcade game, double dragon on one quarter. So Brad, you're not familiar with this place cause you haven't visited yet, but there's a little restaurant that's kind of attached to a warehouse and it's called crab town. Now the food's actually Cra Crab Town. Crab Town. So we're in Baltimore, you know, cra blue crab area, right? I might have dated her in high school. Hey yo! Oh, oh. wow! This, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's it's a good restaurant. I mean, seafood restaurant. But attached to it is this big warehouse. And uh, John, I I don't know how many. I mean, it's walls and walls of pinball machines, classic arcade yep. games. I mean, it has everything, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It has Kung Fu Master, which is <laughs> the greatest arcade game ever made. But What's the Marvel vs. Capcom situation there? It, it, does it have that? Yeah, it does. I think it does. Okay. Yeah, it has like Mortal Kombat yep. 1, 2, and 3 there too. I mean, it has, yep. it has a lot of stuff. It has a lot of old stuff. They still, I mean, for those who are uh, arcade fanatics, I mean, like Mappy, 
still has Mappy, oh, yeah. Burger Time, uh, like you said, Kung Fu Master, uh, some of the more recent games. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty awesome place. It also gets the latest pinball machines because we the last time we were there, we got to play the new Mandalorian pinball machine, which was just sick. It was awesome. I've <laughs> seen that before. It looks insane. It yes. is awesome. So, anyways, uh, this person was with Randy Katzen and uh, my two kids and apparently put a quarter in the double dragon game and lo and behold played the entire game on one quarter and beat it and there were three eyewitnesses uh you know i trust them all randy cameron and angel and that was none other than tabitha sour your wife my wife yes nice i was not there to witness it and so when i found this out because i was getting a text while i was at work because uh, they were off doing some stuff and they decided to stop at Crabtown. And uh, Randy, you know, was feverishly like, I have never seen this before. Your wife was just in a zone and boom, 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 and beat the whole game. And I'm like, are you serious? And so when she got home that night and I was asking her, I'm like, is, is that is that really what happened? And Cameron and Angel were like, yeah, it was crazy. So, and I'm asking her, well, okay, so were you using the weapons? What was your... What, what did you rely more on? Like punches, kicks, how many throws did you do? What did you do for, you know, this main boss? And then when you get to the final you have to like fight over there and, and I'm, I'm trying to get her trade secrets because I don't know about you guys, that game, uh, I, I love the arcade game. It's really kind of tough to play on the old Nintendo. I, I mean, I die a lot, but for <laughs> somebody to just stick a quarter in there and, and go. So she had to have some kind of secret. No button mashing. All she did was just button mash. She didn't had had no idea what she was doing, just button mashing left and right. Which so it, never play your wife in Tekken or anything like that. N- never, because even when we play Mortal <laughs> Kombat, I'm sitting there trying to go okay, like swoop down to the back and then you know Y X or hit this same time trigger, and I lose constantly to her because all she does is just you know she has a seizure on the on the controller and beats me every time. <laughs> Gross. But I, I could not get her to sit down to watch this film because obviously we're in the first few weeks of, of teaching and teaching high school math is very hard. And uh, she's been exhausted and could not squeeze in to watch this classic from 94 based on the arcade game that she beat. But lo and behold, based I, on a video game where your girlfriend gets punched in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe that like set something off in her and she's like, oh, women's rights yeah. and mash, yeah. mash, mash, <laughs> mash and beat the whole game. But yeah, sorry. But yeah, that's well, the there story. Is, there is, you know, Alyssa Milano, me too, in this in this uh, movie. So yeah, yes. maybe she connected with that and was ready to <laughs> avenge. <laughs> We're going to talk about her career choices after this film here <laughs> shortly. But um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about the original arcade game? I, I'm a big fan of it. I remember, I, I mean, Kung Fu Master is my go-to jam. Every time I go to Crabtown, I got to take the top five high scores. I mean, I I kill on that thing. But I, I really enjoy Double Dragon. I, I, I always enjoy it. I grew up playing experience. Double Dragon on the NES. Yeah. Um, and then went back and played it in the arcade a few times. Um, Double Dragon 2, I played a lot in the arcade. Yeah, I'm. those arcade games are... I, your wife is like the opposite of what they're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to just keep putting in quarters to continue and continue. And it's supposed to frustrate you to the point where you've sunk in four or $5 and you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Um, That's the whole point. So they're frustratingly hard. Yeah. I I like, I I really like the uh, double dragon games. Um, 
like you said, Double Dragon 1, Double Dragon 2, Double Dragon 2 especially, because um, right at the opening, uh, you see um, the Supra super, super Cobra helicopter from the uh, one of the few Laserdisc games, Cobra Command, which was oh, awesome. I thought that was homage yes. right there. That was awesome. God, that takes um, me were, back. Yeah, reminded me of, um, what was the other game, Renegade? Kind of like maybe, yeah, like a side. Don't they actually kill the girlfriend in the second one? Isn't she, yeah, murdered in the so, yeah, it escalates quick. The first one they punch her, second one, you're dead, yeah. I mean, just like Baltimore, I mean, it's crazy. Oh, wow, hey, I'll be, I'll be the first one to say if we're, if we're kind of saying, hey, I'm gonna do a side scrolling beat him up. My jam is Streets of Rage on the Sega Genesis, that's the one I always go to. Agreed, Streets of Rage, uh, Fatal Fury. Fatal yeah, Fatal good. Fury also, yeah. but yeah. Streets of Rage has banging music. Just yes, it does. Bangers yeah. Yeah. music. Love yeah. it. Love it. But hey, we're yeah. we're talking about Double Dragon, one of the earliest. Vi- do we it, have to? We, we are going to do that. So obviously the whole theme this week is to talk about these movies that they this tried. Month. To, this month. This yes. month, yes. Sorry. My brain has <laughs> yeah, fried. Uh, Brad, I, yes. think, I think this one. Was my pick? <laughs> was it your pick or my pick? Aren't I odds? I don't even know what episode this is. No, this is sixty-eight. So this is your doing. I know we talked about it. Honestly, yes. I was going to pick Need for Speed yes, because I know the that new, bombed well, the new one. Here, There's only one, <laughs> and I thought that was pretty. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting backstory to that one. But I'm like, you know what? We if we're doing video games, we got to talk about Mario Brothers or this one. Yeah, and I don't remember seeing. I think I've seen bits and pieces of this film, but I've never seen it all in its entirety. So I was I was excited to kind of go, oh, here's a Mark Dacascos film that I have not watched in all of its entirety. But this one didn't do well at the box office, and um, I guess the critics didn't like it either, correct? No, no. No, it did not. So Double Dragon released November 4th, 1994. Okay. With a budget of $7.8 million. Uh, Wikipedia would tell you that the total gross at the box office was $4.2 million. I could not find anywhere where that number comes up, where it was citate where the citation took you. It just says that was an estimate. So the best thing I could come up with is the total gross for double dragon was $2.341 million. So it made mm, about 20% of its budget. Okay. Okay. Um, Opening weekend. Do you think this film broke the top 10 of its opening weekends? Uh, 1994. I don't think. See, I this is one of those. I don't remember it being in the theater in uh, Evansville, Indiana when I was going so to So it opened so. in 1,000 theaters. Okay. Opens in at 12th place. Oh, just barely. 12th place. Barely. Uh, makes $1.3 uh, million its opening weekend. Uh, makes half a million dollars the second weekend and then is never seen again in the u.s theaters so i gotta ask again john did you see this in the movie theaters i actually did oh Uh, okay yeah i actually did um i want to say it was at marley station mall um the movie theater there uh, because marley station mall itself actually had an arcade and so you know Back then, my girlfriend, uh, who's now my wife, we would go to the arcade. Um, 
spend some time on the Adams Family pinball machine and then go uh, to the movies. So we we went in there, you know, normal date night. So did the arcade and went and watched the movie. And uh, yeah, we should have stayed in the arcade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John, you're lucky that your wife married you. <laughs> I was going to say. A bad that. choice. Uh, big shout out to the fourth film of uh, the uh, that weekend, Pulp Fiction. Oh. Since it came out in October yeah. of 94. So, yes. Okay. There you go. <clears throat> Making a lot of money. Um, that was a Queen anyway. Tarantino reference. So you have to take a drink. Yep. 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 Um, okay. For Rotten Tomatoes, does anyone actually know or or do they want to take a guess? Can I guess? You can guess. I'm going to guess 15%. You are very close. It is 13% Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. With a audience score of 26%. <laughs> um <laughs> Here goes the. How, how uh, did this thing get? How, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Audience score is almost in line with the. I mean, it's bad. And I think IMDb rates this thing pretty low. How oh. in the hell did this thing get this big Blu-ray special edition from the MVD Rewind Collection with more special features than I see on? I don't know, most Blu-rays that I th- I think are really good films that, you know, well, here's your trailer. But this thing has documentary after documentary plus a uh, – there was a cartoon series, I guess, that came yeah, there out was about a, this time. Yeah, there was a 93. It came out the year before this, I believe. Yeah, you get to the ep- yeah. first episode of the car. I, uh, sorry. Blows my mind. Uh, critics consensus. Double Dragon's clever use of special effects cannot mask the film's overly simplistic storyline and cheesy dialogue. Hmm. Clever use of special effects. Yeah, mid mid okay. clever use of mid '90s special effects. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Double Dragon was released along films such as The War, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Interview with a Vampire, The Santa Claus. Okay. A lot of big monsters in uh, in this year in this yeah. month. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Generations. John, there you go. Yep. The Swan Princess. Miracle on 34th Street, the remake. Junior. Ooh. The Page Master and Erotica. <laughs> okay. Those, those are your releases. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Banger of a month. Well, there are some, like, Interview with the Vampire, I would say, is, is that the best one of the lot? Uh, yeah. 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 Like Mary, like Shelley's Mary Shelley's. Frank- yeah. yeah. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is also good. Well, so, yeah. Is it, is it, is it? Hey, hey, Troy, it's all relative. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. True. Comparatively. Yes. It's Oscar nominated. Yep. Uh, So those are your numbers for this abysmal film. Wow. Well, this is, this is going to get interesting. So we are going to talk about director James Yukich. I don't know. We'll go with that. Um, 200 get this 235 directing credit 235 literally busy. every music video you've ever heard of yes <laughs> film tv series live concerts talk shows lots and i mean lots of music videos so double dragon was his first film and and here's a taste of what this guy was doing in 1994 so this is just 1994 he did Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, Howe, An Evening of Yes Music Plus, did the video. 
Anderson, Anderson Bruford, Wakeman, Howe, Heart of the Sunrise, Dolly Parton and James Ingram, The Day I Fall in Love. So, so far, a lot of videos here, right? Phil Collins, Can't Turn Back the Years video. Unplugged TV series documentary, one episode. Guess which artist? Phil Collins. Phil Collins. That's right. The Muppets, She Drives Me Crazy video in 1994. Uh-huh. Listen to the music video and get this, Phil Collins, We Wait and We Wonder, another music video. Uh, so he's doing all of this that year that uh, he was also you know, releasing Double Dragon. So there you go. I also saw he did the uh, Genesis video, Jesus, He Knows Me, which is a video I remember seeing on MTV a million times. And I, I love that video. But um, when I saw that, it just brought back this wave of nostalgia. I was like, holy crap. Like I've seen that video no less than a thousand times. Yeah, I, I think through like the late 80s, definitely through the 90s, anything that was showing on MTV was probably directed by James. So yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And, and a lot of a lot of live stuff, too. So if you saw a live um, music concert, that guy directed it, which is really fair to like direct a, a, con- a live concert. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm so curious. So with somebody like David Fincher, and he does music videos and then they attach him to a certain project because of a visual style, et cetera. I'm just wondering how this guy came to the double dragon, I guess, franchise. I I assume they were just, I know why, why return of Bruno, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis. Okay. (laughs) That's gotta gotta be it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I went back. So after watching it, trying to go through the special, sorry, one more video. I also wanted to shout out is Uh land of confusion by Genesis. He did great. Great video. video. Yes. I think is probably like a top 25 video of all time. I agree. Top 10. Top 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could argue with that. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> I'll agree with that. No, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I assume it's just, uh, they had to get this thing out pretty fast. Obviously, if you, if you watch he's some of the special che- features, he's probably cheap, probably cheap. So he's a competent director and they go, okay, put him behind the camera. Let's talk about the writers. This gets super interesting. So there are two people who get a story credit. The first one is Paul Dini. Uh, John, I'm going to ask you because I I know you are sort of a comic book fan and an artist. Do you know who Paul Dini is? Paul Dini uh, does not ring a bell right off the top of my head. Okay, so Paul Dini has worked on a ton, I mean, a ton of animated series that you and I probably watched growing up. So here's some examples. He worked on Dungeons and Dragons in 1983. Oh. G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero in 1985. He also did the Tiny Toon Adventures from 90 to 92. Here you go. This is the big one. Series head writer for Batman, Batman the animated, animated series, series from 92 yep. to 95. And... Batman Beyond from 99 to 2001. So the the guy. Hang it up. Hang up the cleats after that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Retire. Yeah. You did it. Those are some credentials from a story perspective. When you're talking about uh, somebody who, I I don't know, who's crafted some great stuff. Paul Denny's amazing just because of the Batman animated series and Batman Beyond. I mean, he also helped write like things like Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. Which is a, you know, a very competently written Batman movie. Yeah, he did the not short like yeah. right around this time. Yeah, I, I mean it's ninety three, right? Yeah, he did yeah. this. Yeah. I guess the animated uh, Superman series that came out that time too. So 
Warner Brothers and DC Animation relied heavily on Paul Denny for for you know those stories coming out of there. You also get a story credit through Neil Shusterman, who so he specialized in young adult fiction. Now you can look at any of his titles. I I know nothing that he wrote. He did happen to work on uh, the Goosebump series from 1996 to 1998. So he does have some screenplay experience, but he's mostly known for young adult fiction. The screenplay, <laughs> this he wrote some novelizations of some uh, X Files. Yeah, for episode, young adults, yeah. they're uh, young yep. adults X File books. Okay, yeah. I I read those. Oh, you read those? Okay, were they I, good? I did. Do you remember this guy? I, I can't remember. Okay, all right. I can't remember. And you're like, my goodness, that's crazy. Double Dragon, yeah. these two? Oh, it gets it gets crazier. So now we get into two other credits. Those are the stories, right? Now we get the screenplay credit. So remember, story is somebody who contributed an idea, seen something of that nature. Screenplay is the dialogue that is going to make it into the movie. You get Michael Davis did the screenplay. Now, Michael Davis worked on Prehysteria, I guess, which is sort of a family directed video thing in 1993. Does Double Dragon. Uh, same year he comes out with Prehysteria 2 and Pet Shop. And he started directing in 1994 as well with a film called Beanstalk. So fast forward a few years, and next thing you know, he writes and directs a movie from 2007 called Shoot 'em Up. Oh, Shoot 'em Up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I will defend that movie. I yes. love Shoot 'em Up. I absolutely That's a fun movie. adore Shoot 'em Up. Love might be a stretch, nope. but I said I love I okay. love Paul okay. Giamatti. Oh, yeah. Love that film. Love that yep. film. Yeah, which is crazy. You're like, okay, the guy who wrote Double Dragon ends up producing. And it, that was 13 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> here's where it gets even crazier. The other person credited for screenplay and apparently is a friend of Michael Davis. I think they went to school together or something. If you watch the commentary, uh, or excuse me, the special features on the Blu-ray, most of it have to do or center around an interview with these two writers, Michael Davis and the other one, which is Peter Gould. He did the screenplay. Now, Peter oh. Gould ah. is executive <laughs> producer and writer for Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yes. Isn't yes. that insane? That these That's guys who produce, like, <laughs> shoot them up, Breaking Bad, the Batman animated series, I, I, they all contributed to the story and the words of Double Dragon. Insane. Yeah, he he uh, wrote the episode, I believe, in Breaking Bad. That's in, I want to say season two, which is called Better Call Saul. Um, I believe he wrote that episode. So I'm sure, you know, that's... I don't know if Saul's like one of his characters or whatever, but yeah, he wrote that episode. That's amazing. That's I, I, crazy. When I'm Which is this, what I mean. I yeah. think. I think um, looking at this guy's uh, stuff, like he wrote some of the big Breaking Bad. Not not just you know. I don't think there's any bad Breaking Bad episodes to be honest with you, but he didn't just write like one or two. He's got probably yeah. ten to twelve. Well, so yeah, that's why he's an executive producer. Yeah. So yeah. he's one of the creative minds, you know, behind that series. Uh, you know, considerably like one of the greatest shows of all time, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen either one of them. I'll take your word for it. What? Yeah. Holy moly. Time out. Time out. Time out. Nope. Haven't seen them. neither one. N neither. Nope. Huh? So Brad, 
Brad, Brad, Brad, Brad. Oh, is Brad, this where Brad. I lose my street credit? Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Like, oh, what do you want me to watch street. first, Lawrence of Arabia or Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. <laughs> Over Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> well, we've got another name behind the scenes that has come up on the show before. Stunt coordinator Jeff Amata, who's actually in the film. We'll yes. talk about that in a minute. He's popped up on the film a few times. Mortal Kombat this month already, 1995. He also was a stunt coordinator for Memoirs of an Invisible Man. We talked about that one. Big Trouble in Little China. We talked about that one. And uh, get ready to take that shot. He worked on 1998's Rush Hour with Jackie Chan. So there you go. Two shots already. And I think we're only like, we're not even at the 30-minute mark. And we had a Quentin Tarantino reference, so we're, we're, we're good. Wrap it yeah. up. So this next one... <laughs> Look, the, last week, and I, I just want to, you know, go off script here for a sec. Jose was on the show, and I love Jose. But the thing that Jose will do during every conversation is we will go through sort of what we consider, you know, maybe the key pieces of creative people behind the scenes. And here comes Jose, who's like, well, you know who ran the C camera during C camera. <laughs> the yep. second unit, whatever it's this guy and that guy's responsible. So yeah, I, John, who did you bring this time? Yeah, John, who do, do you, got? you have a crazy credit? Well, don't worry about it, John. Look, I, I took care yeah, of it for you. Someone call say. this my Jose credit. <laughs> you know who else worked on this film guys? Michael P Walsh was the transportation coordinator. Now, Michael has worked on great films like Punch Truck Love in 2002, Sideways in 2004, Jawbreaker in 1999, and Halloween H20 in 1998. That's Michael P. Wash. He is an amazing transportation coordinator. Wow. Good yeah. job. Take That's that, Jose. Awesome. Yeah. There you go. That's our Jose credit. <laughs> now, he usually gives like a whole backstory and spiel about the person, but you just read his IMDb. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I did not buy the Michael P. Walsh like transportation biography. biography. Yeah, I'm sure Still he would, on his wish list. I bet you he would have good stories. <laughs> you think his though. biography is called like "Let's Go for a Ride" or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> He's got all the juicy, juicy stories. Uh, let's talk about the people in front of the camera. This is pretty interesting too. We, I, we're going to start with Robert Patrick as yes, we are Koga Shuko. Shuko, yes, Shuko. Uh, so. You're you're in one of the biggest, most successful action films ever that come out in 1991, Terminator 2: oh, Judgment Day. I thought you were going to talk about World 2. No, no, no. <laughs> 1991. Sorry, he's World. I mean, let's face it. Robert Patrick comes on the scene as one of the coolest villains of all time, right? Terminator 2. Yeah, and it, not only did that villain like change the way you thought of villains, because Robert Patrick wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie. He yeah. was a skinny guy who could just be anybody and then at that moment in time you're like oh anybody can be a villain so it, it kind of changed the way you looked at villainhood yeah so oh, yeah yeah he get he gets some offers right and 1994 he has three things come out one of those being double dragon but he also is in a meatloaf video objects in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are in 1994. There you go, Brett. Hi, Brett. Shout out for you, <laughs> Brett. And an Albert Pune film called Hong Kong 97, 1994, which is an okay movie. I I, I generally like some of the Albert Pune stuff in the late 80s, 90s. Uh, I, do, are there... You didn't want to bring up the... What's it called? The Cool Surface or whatever it was called in 94? Wasn't he in that? Oh, yeah. That's right. 
I thought I thought these were interesting. But okay. what other Robert Patrick movies come to mind when you when you think of him? Uh, Copland isn't he in Copland? Yep, yeah, that's Copland. that's the, There's two that come to me. Copland's one of them. Any uh, other the faculty? Faculty? That was the other one. Okay. Yeah. I I mean I know he's in stuff and he still is working on a regular basis. He was in the X Files. Speaking of the X Files, he was in the yeah. X Files for a little bit. Yeah, and he was fine in the X Files. Remember Troy when we were going to horror hounds when we had conventions and stuff? Yeah, they had that the Black Waters of Echoes Pond. Do you remember seeing that at one of the conventions? Oh my god, that movie was terrible. He's in that. Oh, he's, he's in that. Yeah, that movie's terrible. That movie. Yeah, I, terrible. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I, I only remember him from like um, Balls of Fury. Oh, <laughs> where he was the father. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's right. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's the T 1000 who, you know, it was just, it was, he put on an amazing performance and helped, you know, break the genre of, you know, what was possible. Um, you know, a lot of the computer generated graphics in, in Terminator two were based on what they did in double dragon. So we'll talk about that later. Oh, I, I bet you they were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't like- he in walk. Wasn't he in walk the line too? Wasn't Robert Patrick in walk the line? Wasn't he uh Ray cash? Ray Cash? Oh, the was it Walk the Line? I don't. I, I think don't know. so. Uh, we'll say he was. Anyway, I don't know. Well, Internet yeah, can sure. prove us wrong. Challenge us, Google. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mark Dacascus is the other big name here as Jimmy Lee. Now we we've I don't know. We spent a lot of time talking about Mark on our Drive episode, which is an amazing film. Keep in mind, about this time, he done only the Strong in 1993. Follows that up with Double Dragon in '94. After this, goes on to do Crying Freeman in 95, a few years later, Drive in 97. So I really feel Mark Dukakis is is coming into his own. Island of Dr. Moreau. He's in that movie. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Sorry. A little (laughs) extra there. We we also get Scott Wolf as Billy Lee, who played an uncredited thug in 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I guess... When you talk Scott Wolf, I mean Party of Five, right? That's it. Ninety four to two thousand that TV series. I mean, yeah, he's he's Doug, Doug Lyman's Go, mo- but yeah, movie Go. That's the only thing I really remember him from. Um, uh, White Squall. I think White Squall. He in White Squall. Is that the Jeff Bridges like, film? Is that yeah, Jeff Bridges like, or Val Kilmer was in it? I don't remember. I think it was. Jeff. No, it's Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it's Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Okay. It's a Ridley Scott film. Okay. Yeah, he's, I didn't even know Scott Wolf was alive until he showed up on that uh, special features for Double Dragon. So it, he aged well. I'll give him that. Uh, here's, yeah. some, <laughs> here's some other names. <laughs> Anybody a Christina Wagner fan as Linda Lash? No? Yes? No? No. General Hospital, 1983 to 2021. So soap opera actress. Getting that soap opera money. Yeah. <laughs> Now I got to ask you this. So I did remember her from a film that came out the same year as Double Dragon, and I really like this film. It's 1994's A Low Down Dirty Shame with Keenan Ivory Waynes and Jada Pinkett Smith. Anybody a fan of that one? Yeah, that was a cool movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've seen that. Ooh, oh. Brad, we need to talk about that one. I like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a 90s version of Shaft. Don't woo me like. Mr. I haven't seen Breaking Bad. You haven't seen a low down, dirty shame. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Don't judge. Uh, All right. Moving on. Julia Nixon as Satori Yamada. Rambo. First blood part two. Right. Sidekicks. 
You just watched that recently. I just watched Sidekick. Like, yeah, I Chuck Norris. I don't know why. I did. <laughs> Lots of television. And then uh, we get Alyssa Milano as Marion. So. I'll, Chuck Norris, I'll kick his ass. Kick his ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Guy says that, like, that movie's. Stay tuned for that movie on this podcast, by the way. We're doing awesome. Side, we're we're really going to do sidekicks? At some point in time. We have to. What did I do to you, man? I don't know. Right. You didn't watch Breaking Bad. You did see Breaking Bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Alyssa Milano, who's the boss, 90, 1984 to 92. So a couple of years after the TV show canceled, she's like, I'm getting into films, right? She does Double Dragon, 1994. Do you know the movie she did the year after Double Dragon? Double Dragon apparently scarred her. And apparently she was dating, I think, Scott Wolf. Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. You know, so it's either that experience of dating Scott Wolf, but she made a dramatic career choice. Do you know the movie she did after Double Dragon? I know the answer. John, do you know the answer? No. What's the answer, Brad? Uh, Embrace of the Vampire. Embrace of the Vampire, 1995. Have either of you gentlemen seen this film? Nope. Well, imagine. I don't know, Skinamax trying to do a vampire film with Alyssa Milano, just, I don't know, every scene smoking a cigarette and I don't know, dropping her top or something. That's, that's what, that's how this movie apparently scarred her. So there you go. Embrace of the vampire. That's where her career went. Jeff Amata plays Huey and our favorite henchman, Al Leong plays Lewis. See what they did there, Huey. Hey, Huey Lewis, what's the news? Yeah, what's the news? <laughs> I wrote hey, down Huey that line. Lewis. Um, the last person I want to mention is Michael Berryman. You guys know who he is? The hills have eyes. That's right. He's the maniac leader. Has like, I don't know, two minutes in here. Such Most a cool people guy. know him from uh, The Hills Have Eyes or was it Weird Science? He was in that too, right? He was in Weird Science. Yeah, he was the one of the sidekicks to the bike leader. Yeah. yeah. Was he in the original Hills Have Eyes? Yeah, the original yeah. Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. You always know he's, he's the guy. First, he's the, he's the guy, guy in the box art. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the bald guy. Looks kind of intimidating, yeah. scary, pretty tall. He was in both of them, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. God, I haven't, I've, I haven't seen the second one in forever. I know. Yeah, Halloween's around the corner. We'll have to... I have to bust that one out. So bef- <laughs> before we go on, I do want to mention one thing because uh, Brad, I know you're a music guy. 90s music. I mean, I have to assume you, you got this soundtrack, right? I did not. You did not? Okay. <laughs> I did not. Well. It did have Coolio on it. I think If Coolio- you got the soundtrack, you would get such hits as I Remember performed by Coolio mm-hmm. or maybe Green Mind performed by Dink. Or Love Will Shine On, Latina, Latanzi featuring Crystal Talifiero. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you like this song, 100% Pure Love. She also did What I Need, Crystal Waters. Crystal Waters, yeah. S- yeah. Yep. Say You're Gonna Stay by Daryl DeBanu. The hit song, Dream About You by Stevie B. And All Together Now by that infamous band, The Farm. The Farm. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There's your soundtrack, which we'll talk about the soundtrack here in a few minutes, but there's some reference points for you. Uh, The arcade game came out in 1987. Does anybody know what the plot of the arcade game was? Yeah. Well, before we go there, can I, can I give one more shout out to uh, some cast members who, who I think deserve credit? Um, Brothers Roger and Ron Juan. 
Okay. They, they were the they they were the the shadow monsters in the video game, but you know uh, Roger Wan was in you know Shanghai Nights. He was the bad guy. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. He was one of the he was one of the bad guys in John Wick Three. Um, Ron Wan um, was in The Accountant, uh, which was a pretty good movie, and most recently Paper Tigers. Oh, that's right, he was. Yes, Paper Tigers is so good, people. It's on <laughs> yes. Netflix. Please watch it. Yes, it's so good. That's a good call out. <clears throat> yes, thank you. I like All that. right, video you game time. See. You can stay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I did watch Breaking Bad, so I should be able to stay. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm booted now. Fine. <laughs> be that way. All right. What's the? It, does anybody remember the plot of the video game? Any? Aren't you just after your girlfriend? Doesn't Marion get captured and then you go after her? Yeah, she gets sucker punched, flashes her panties, and then you go to save her, and that's about it. And then at the end, I think if you're playing two player. Don't you and your brother literally have to fight for her? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the little, little minx gives him a kiss and flashes her panties again. Yep. Um, yeah. That was about much. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's about two martial artists, blue-suited young man, Billy Hammer Lee, and the red-suited twin brother, Jimmy Spike Lee, uh, as they fight their way into the turf of the Black Warriors game with Linda yeah. and Abobo as members. Thank you. Huh? I'm glad I didn't go with Black Warriors for, uh, <laughs> for this one. <laughs> yeah, they won't, they won't oh, stop at anything to rescue her. Having after, two white dudes beat up on people yeah. that are called Black Warriors might look bad. Yeah. Yeah, even for the 90s. I agree. Mm. And and you're right. So they have a showdown with the gang's machine gun-wielding leader, who is the big boss, and they defeat him, also resulting in a conflict where Billy and Jimmy fight to the death over determination of who will win the affections of Marion. And go. I think a Bobo is a reoccurring character, and so is Julie or Julia. I think I know a Bobo is. And what's the woman's name? Is it Julie, what? the blonde-headed girl? Linda Lash. Oh, L- yeah, what's yeah, her Linda Lash. what's her character's name in this film? Isn't it? It's Linda Lash. Yeah. Oh, okay, Linda. So yeah. I think Linda is a reoccurring character as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I'm yeah. Streets of Rage, man. Yeah, Streets of Rage all day long. <laughs> Uh, well, Hey, look, (laughs) there's some interesting tidbits of information. Like some of this information about who was working on this thing behind the screens and, and looking at, you know, people like Alyssa Milano, their choices after this film are super interesting, but I think it's time to talk uh, about this movie, share our thoughts. I obviously based on the tone of my voice and, and even where we went with the intro have one particular opinion, but John, you are our expert on all things Mark Dacascus. <laughs> and I have questions for you since he can't be here. So obviously we're going to ask, you know, said questions of you. But let's start with you. You, you saw this in the theater. Um, your, your wife did, did not leave you, right? There wasn't a breakup after this film, right? Oh, actually there was a couple months later, but yeah. Was it as a result of this film? She oh, reflected, no, no, she reflected no. on this night and was like, wait a minute, the guy's got bad taste. Yeah, okay. But you overcame and you eventually got married, so you had a chance to revisit this. So have have you watched this uh lately or when was the last time you saw this film? Um interesting uh enough, uh before you you know, you asked me to talk about this movie. I watched it about two weeks ago on um Amazon Prime because what? I needed background noise 
um, for, you know, when I work, I need background noise sometimes to get in, get into a zone. And I saw it on there and I was like, all right, I'll play it and watch it. And then, you know, you and I chatted and then I'm like, okay, I got to watch this again. And I, you know, and I told you, I am going to change both of your minds about this movie. Okay. Okay. This movie is, um, is awesome. Don't you agree? No. Okay. I tried, folks. I tried. Um, this movie was god awful. Okay. Good. <laughs> Holy. Um, I, that was I, I am yeah. so sorry you had to sit and watch it twice in two. Oh, dude. I, yeah, uh, I'm going to send you a fruit basket, okay? Dude, it was one of those movies where after we walked out of the theater, I was like, this is probably the biggest waste of, you know, 20 bucks tonight. You know, let's go do something else. It was it was awful then. It was, it's worse now. They're they're really for Mark Dacascos. I only thing I could defend him is, hey, he needed to prove that if there's going to be a martial arts film, he's the one guy in the movie who's the only one that can do martial arts. And <laughs> it, it ain't Scott Wolf. I can yeah. tell you that. No, it ain't. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, this movie was. I remember walking out of the theater, shaking my head, and you know, back then my girlfriend's like, uh, "That was pretty bad, wasn't it?" And I just kept shaking my head. I was like, "Yeah, that was that was." What do you want to do now? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have your kids it, seen it, this film? It, funny enough, so when I was watching it again, um, my daughter uh, Remley sat down and she was watching it with me, and she it was the uh, boat chasing. Okay. Yep. So she was listening to the dialogue, and, and she's basically like. What the, Dad? What are you watching? I'm like, it's called Double Dragon, but they're on boats. I'm like, yeah. Well, there there was a boat chase scene in the arcade game, right? No. Oh, okay. Now, if I remember right, you. It's a side scroller beating. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So you didn't jump in a boat and. No. Race around. Okay. She's she's like, didn't they say the water is like liquid? That was. That was Battletoads. Battletoads. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another. They, just, they should do that live action remake. Well, oddly right. enough, there was a Double Dragon Battletoads crossover game. Really? Yeah. Perf- yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so she, Remley was the only one who saw parts of it. And that was all That was all she wrote oh, with okay. her. She was just like, wow. Okay, Dad, I'm going back to my room. I'm going to punish myself <laughs> for sitting here for 10 minutes watching this. Like, Dang. Yeah. <laughs> So you didn't have any fun with it whatsoever, just revisiting it. The only fun that I had was I appreciated the setup uh, in terms of like the scenery and stuff. I was like, okay, they're getting some parts of the game right, you know, with like uh, the the city and some of the characters and stuff. You kind of recognize them, um, but that was that was pretty much it when it came to the martial arts, the fighting. You know, in the arcade game, you know, Tabitha can tell you, you know, when you get to grab the dude's hair and you're kneeing him in the face three times and you flip him, that's what I was looking for. No, that, that wasn't happening in the movie. I mean, so it was like outside of that and flashbacks to Dire Straits, uh, first music video type computer graphic <laughs> animation. And I was like, yeah. Money yeah, for nothing. Was, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what they got with this movie. Money for, you know, get paid money to do nothing with this movie. It was bad. Ooh. All right, Brad, you got to uh, – well, let me ask you this, Brad. Did you watch it all in one setting? Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Um, I had plenty of time this week. I've been violently ill this week, so <clears throat> I uh, sat around literally for three days and did nothing and watched movies, and this happened to be one of them. <laughs> and uh, consequently, this did not make me feel any better. 
I felt much worse after this movie. But anyway, and, and I say this with much love, but if say I'm in Baltimore one time and John and I are standing next to each other and John says, hi, this is my brother, Brad. And people look at John and they look at me and they would probably turn their head just a little bit because we we're different. We're not, we can't be brothers. That's kind of the first thing that throws you off in this movie is Mark Dacascus and Scott Wolf are brothers in this movie. I think they're supposed to be twin brothers in the game. I believe they're twins. Um, they're not really brothers in this movie. No, but they really. said they're brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And they both have the um, last name Lee. Yeah. I, so I get that. I get brothers. that. But it doesn't, it doesn't really play like that anyway. Um, you know, some of the writing in this movie makes you wonder why, <laughs> like, why would you even say that? Uh, there's a callback to who's the boss. There's a Huey Lewis in the news. Um, there is, I believe, at one point, Scott Wolf says, eat fist buttheads. Um, yep, yep. I wrote, I wrote that down. I, okay. I got some of the lines here. We got eat eat some fist butthead. Yeah, eat some fist buttheads. Yes. Um, hey, broomhead, we're going to... Sweep the floor with your floor skull. With you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, uh, like, that's something like a sixth grader would write. And these are grown men who have talent and have gone on to do monumentous things in the film industry and the TV industry. Yes. Uh, it is just baffling to, to hear characters say such things. Mark Dacascos is okay in this movie. He is the thing that kind of keeps this thing going. Um, his action stuff is, I would say the highlight of the film, but that would mean that, there's something that rises above everything else. Um, it is the best part. I think the boat chase, even though it's really dumb, actually is a kind of a nice action piece um, yeah. until they pull out the rocket. And when they fire that rocket, it's like a plastic missile that shoots out. Well, it's um, it's on a wire. You can see it's the on a wire, wire yeah, yeah. with the rocket. HD, yeah. HD did not do this nope. film very nope. well because when the theater blows up, it is two stuntmen that are jumping away from the explosion and hey. not our two main characters. But again, look, that's fine. I don't, that's fine. Don't that's knock fine. it. Don't knock uh, Mega Forces jet skis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I I found it very weird. So, and and this could be completely wrong, but Power Core. Right, yeah, is like uh, this the crux of, well, they're they're kind of in the it's in the, the underground rebels. It's like the rebels in Star Wars. They're yeah, 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 but they're kind of going against the police a little bit, and they kind yes. of cause a little trouble. Yep, and like the way the cop is talking about it, I was like, if this movie came out now, would like that be like, would this be like right wing propaganda? Be like, see, I told you about Antifa, like <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a way, but you know the. Look, Alyssa Milano is not good in this movie. Scott Wolf is really bad in this movie. He does little to no action. And when he does do action, it's, I feel like I might be able to do a better job. Yeah. And yeah. I think I've you never, could. I've never done stunts before, but you could probably teach me and I could give it a try. Yeah. Um, Robert Patrick, I believe, is probably gained mm, 30 pounds doing this film because he is chewing all the scenery he's in and I love it. Uh, he, 
he's doing fun stuff. And I think he is trying to have fun. And he's the only one that knows he's in a video game movie. Everyone else is kind of a joke. The Linda character, um, I don't know what she's for. The Abobo thing is really weird because at the very end, like he has this sort of revelation about his life and who he wants to be. Yeah. He looked in it's, the mirror. He saw the man in the mirror. Yeah. 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 Did uh did our boy James did he direct that video Man in the Mirror by Michael? J- I know he, he had might have. Michael I don't Jackson, know. He, right? he probably so, got the inspiration from yeah. that Abobo scene. <laughs> what if he did? <laughs> oh god. Uh, anyway, um, this movie's really bad, and it it makes me wonder. Like, I think Super Mario Brothers the movie is a better movie than this um, because that one is weird and fun, and they're kind of both doing the same thing where they're like this futuristic thing that has kind of nothing to do with the video game, but they're kind of trying to pull in some of the references, but it's way off. I would rather much rather watch super Mario brothers a hundred times out of a hundred than to see this again. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just think that one is so out there and so bizarre and I think some of the performances are good. I know you're a John Leguizamo hater, Troy, so maybe you uh, you don't appreciate it. But I, yeah, I think this might be of all that I've seen. Now I haven't seen some of the well, postal and stuff like that. The stuff that's like made for trying to be good. Mm-hmm. I think this is the worst video game movie I've seen. Uh, so you you would pick Mortal Kombat Annihilation over this? Oh yes. Yes. Really? Yeah, because the action scenes are better. <clears throat> yes. And, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Wow. And I have a better frame of reference for what, like, yes, yes, a hundred times, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so well, I, I just want to say, for yeah. the record, um, yeah, you know, Baltimore, no one would confuse Brad and I as brothers, but uh, when Troy and I are down in Baltimore, we get asked that all the time. We do. Just yes. It is weird. So. It's it's crazy weird. It's the glasses, I think. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, uh, I so when this, I had only seen this film in bits and pieces over the years, and never sat down to watch it uh, end to end. And I think the bits and pieces that I had seen were always when you see a scene and it's taken out of context of the film it makes you really scratch your head in my opinion. Cause you have no idea what in the heck's going on. You don't know if they're playing it for comedy, if it's for action, what Sometimes it is. Sometimes the right? scenes are confusing when you see them in context. Yes. So out of context, out yeah. of context, you, you think you're tripping, right? But uh, I think this film made me realize what kind of impact 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie had on family films, because this is four years after that. And this thing wants to recreate that formula badly. And in thinking about the films that came out after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because I think the sequel came out in 91, Secret of the Use, it is amazing how martial arts was trying to make its way into these kids' films. Three Ninja. I don't, when was Three Ninjas? I guess that would be another It's early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I feel like. I'm trying to think, like, isn't the Power Rangers movie, like, coming around here too, like 95 ish or so? Well, it was definitely probably playing on the television, right? Yeah. The television shows 
big in the early nineties. Yeah. So I, and, and I'm not saying that teenage mutant Ninja turtles by itself. Yeah. Three ninjas is 92. Three ninjas kickback mm-hmm. is 94. Uh, three ninjas knuckle up 93. It's, it's crazy, but I, I feel like that was such a huge success that all of a sudden these, these studios are trying to chase after that formula where they say, well, let's take a kid's property. And if it has martial arts kind of built into it, like this one does by default, then they can chase that 1990s TMNT formula. But what's weird about this is I also think it weirdly wants to be 1993's Demolition Man as well. I, I get a little bit of a Demolition Man vibe from some scenes, and I'll talk about those specifically. So this this kind of combination should be interesting to watch, even if it's a total train wreck. And I, I actually do find a couple of things kind of interesting or fun. But, man, it, it's a chore to get through, especially the last 30 minutes. And the Demolition Man... It, hear the elements that kind of bring that to me. It, and it's almost even like a RoboCop. But you get George Hamilton and, Van, and Vanna White as new cat, newscasters. Yeah, I was getting like that that RoboCop. Like, were they trying to do satire or black comedy in those? Like, it didn't come off as that way. But yeah, yeah Jack, I see where you're going. And the Jack commercial? Yeah. 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 So I was, waiting for him to, I, I was waiting for him to say, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And I think this film is supposed to take place in, what, 2007? Seven. Yeah. Seven, yeah. So with with Demolition Man, you, you get these films in the late 80s, early 90s. And, Demoli- and if you watch this, what's crazy is, again, if you watch the special features and, you know, the writers talking about it now, apparently one of the producers or somebody was good friends with Joel Silver and, and Demolition Man was being filmed about the same time. So they were talking with Joel Silver saying, hey, in our film, in the future, we're doing this, this, and this. Are you guys doing that? Are we okay to do this? So there was some crosstalk going on between those two movies. And again, I don't think that uh, is by accident because with with all the kids' films, the formula has to be, un- unless you're doing something like Paw Patrol, but I'm sure even Paw Patrol you know, finds this same formula. You got to have something better, for the- Better movie. Okay. You can, okay. Uh, probably, um, you got to have your, your kids entertained for the entire duration, but you have to sprinkle some things in for the parents so that they're entertained as well. Right. And I think it tries to do that with those sequences. Like, Hey, Madonna married Tom Arnold. I laughed out loud just because of that image of (laughs) nineties, Madonna and nineties, Tom Arnold did make me laugh, but I don't know. I, I Do you think in this universe they made the movie The Stupids? The Tom Arnold star of the movie The Stupids? Like in this universe? <laughs> probably. I want to know. I probably. Know. Probably. Um, and, and there's other things. I mean, obviously the filmmakers uh, liked and saw Walter Hill's The Warriors. Here's the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting. I, I don't know if they totally pull it off, but again, I I chuckled. think they saw it one time and was like, hey, let's try to do some of that. They did. So, so you get the Mohawk gang, right? So that's the one where a Bobo is coming from. You get the Maniac gang, right, with our Hills yeah. Have Eyes character. But I thought these were some other interesting ones. You get sort of an ACDC Angus Young gang in the background. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get a postal worker gang, which made me laugh because there's a <laughs> shot in the background where you have these 
somebody standing on a car just swinging their mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's those little things that I was laughing at. But the scariest freaking gang in this whole thing was this clown mime gang that was freaking terrifying, in my (laughs) opinion. You're a big baby when it comes to clowns. You shut your face (laughs) because clowns and mimes are scary. Okay. So... Uh, I, it's, it's those little elements. Now I'm, I'm not going to sit here and defend this to be a good film, but there's a couple of things that would pop out every once in a while. And I'm like, why is that in there? Like that is kind of funny. And I'm not, I'm going to sit here and say, yeah, I did chuckle at elements of it. And it's sitting in the background. You better, you better bring something that's funny or I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) I just, (laughs) that stuff I was like it just threw me off because I didn't expect it now the humor in this thing I think we can all agree is it's it's not good right outside of the things that I I think were supposed to be the adult humor like the George Hamilton Vanna White the the Tom okay I get that right but your zany fight sequence in the old theater with Scott Wolf and I can't remember if it was uh Amada or Al Leong that he fights where he's throwing bubble gum on the floor oh, and they're yeah. uh, Amada. It was it Amada. Amada. Okay. Yeah. And uh, when they're torturing somebody by it's a Bobo by making meat spinach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was terrible. Uh, and the, and the banter between Scott Wolf and Mark Dacascus was not good, which no. lends itself to the, to the screenplay, which I can't believe is written by those guys. It's, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, it's trying to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with a dash of RoboCop and Demolition Man, I think, in for the parents. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I think I, I, my – in coming into this for tonight, I, I looked at it. I was like, okay, they probably had a really great screenplay. But I think what it came down to was the director, um, James. Uh, I, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. No, great okay. no, no. I want to I hear this out. I want to hear this out. I want to hear – I want to see where this thought process is going. Continue. Okay. Right. I think the director, James Uke, uh, he was you – know, I'm paraphrasing his quote, but he said he wanted to make this more of a kid-friendly film because he didn't want to scare kids with some of the you know, kind of violence you saw in the video game. And I think that's where – you know, if we, you know, I can imagine them saying, hey, a broomhead. And then, you know, he gets a spin kick or whatever. And then Mark Mark would have grabbed him and, you know, slammed him down. Like, I'm going to mop the floor with your skull. But you know, it, it kind of changed up. Um, it, I think you're right. It tries to <sighs> pull some of that that magic that, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had. I mean, and it was this, it didn't end here because what was it, 98? 97, 90, whatever, uh, Warriors of Virtue, except oh, they tried with, you. with, yep. uh, with, with the kangaroos. Yeah. And that was a horrible failure because, and that movie had some great martial arts and those kangaroo suits, those did. were awesome. I, I'll say um, there, there, there are things in that film that are freaking impressive for what Ronnie Yu was trying to do. Yeah, and but I think that was more adult story themed because it was a little bit dark. And that was, you know, that that kind of shows the extreme that I think, you know, well, here we have a, a, a screenplay or a story that we think can work, but we're going to make it kind of, quote, kid friendly to like Warriors of Virtue where, okay, this has better action, better martial arts, but it's more dark. Kids didn't like it. So it, it's that it's again, it's that magic that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, Eastman and Laird, you know, to their credit that they they brought to life that. 
And you know, I got to say this. The other thing that really brings this movie down was, who was it? Technos, Tecmo, Japan, whoever owned the rights to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, those dudes just sold rights everywhere. And looking at this, I mean, because they had some, there was like eight or nine video games that, that horrible cartoon series. And, and in this movie, they were just selling the rights everywhere because they were just making money off of it. You know, and that's all they cared about back then. And, you know, but going back to the movie. But, but in their defense, and I, I think this even came up when we were talking about Mortal Kombat because that came out, what, a year? Mortal Kombat is 95? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So most video game companies, when when anybody would approach them and kind of go, hey, we want to do a film, we want to do TV, something outside of the video game, nobody could wrap their head around it. So I don't, I don't think uh, Technos or any of the creators would look at this and go, well, we want you to take our characters and everything else and come to the table with some artistic representation. And at the end of the day, this, this video game is they captured your girlfriend. You got to go through the downtown area and beat everybody up to save her. That that's the plot of the game. So if somebody were, were going to come to you and go, you know, your main focus was just to create a side scrolling beat em up without much depth, et cetera. And we're going to pay you a bunch of movie to turn it into some type of story or franchise. I'm sure they're like, yeah, fine, go ahead. You're stupid for doing it. But if, <laughs> if you're going to give us money, cause there's nothing here now with mortal Kombat, I think I think there there was something there in just the characters, yep. and it's a basic you know Mortal Kombat is is borrowing from Enter the Dragon and everything else. So they're like, well, we're just going to recreate Enter the Dragon and throw these characters in there because Mortal Kombat was kind of borrowing from that to begin with. I don't, I don't, don't forget th- about me, Lord Raiden. <laughs> I was waiting for it. There we go. Um, but with this one, I mean, I think just looking at the gangs and everything they're throwing in there. there's not much story there. So what do you do? Well, you start borrowing from the warriors. You start borrowing from RoboCop. You borrow. I mean, this thing is a hodgepodge. You could sit here and go, it is a teenage mutant Ninja Turtle ripoff with segmentation of more famous movies across the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. It's also got one of my least favorite tropes. And I think I counted, they either do it five or six times of movies where, Characters pause, look at each other, turn to the screen, and then scream. Oh. I hate that. I hate that. And they oh. do it so much in this movie. Yes. Yeah. It's so much. Because no one does that in real life. Like, that's not how people yeah. react to things. Yeah. Um, I hate that. And they Ham- do it so much in this movie. Yeah. Hammer and Spike uh, screaming all the time like that. Yeah. yeah. They are not They are not double dragon. They are double koala bears or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But so it, it begs the question. And we haven't even talked about the dragon wagon. Oh yeah. Oh, the, 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 the bastard child of the Batmobile and the Griswold family. Well, wagon. and also the back to the future two, right? Yeah. Oh, you're putting trash yeah. In there. yeah. The recycling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, you get a station wagon car chase, which, wow. That, and then it turns into, a bad CGI graphics for a few minutes, which that does not age well. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, it, it is weird to have a martial arts movies, you know, uh, if we want to call it that and you have to insert a station wagon car chase and then a jet ski, uh, chase 
sequence going on. I'll, I'll say this, the pyrotechnics in this film are pretty darn good. I mean, they, they, they did blow up some stuff. They blow up some stuff really well. Yeah. I, I was impressed with that. Um, yeah. wasn't the, in the, in the story of when they did that final explosion on the river, um, even though they had notified the surrounding area that they were filming and there was going to be some demolitions, they had so much stuff that went off. They scared the shit out of so many people. There were like 200 calls to 911. Yeah, it was, it was in Ohio. It was a river in Ohio. And that river oh, had- Oh, Cuyahoga. Been, yeah. yeah, that's and right. That river had caught on fire before because of its tox- <laughs> toxic waste and everything else, which is yeah. kind of funny. Well, I, I got to ask you this. So if you think back about 90, 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, is it a good film? I mean, so many movies in the early 90s are trying to copy that formula. But if you were to sit down and go back and look at it and say, hey, I, I have a special place for that because I remember the Eastman and Laird comic book and I, I love that. I did enjoy seeing that movie when it came out in the 90s and thought it was pretty cool to have guys in, in turtle suits with these animatronic heads doing martial arts and everything else. But, you know, is is it a good film and did it rightly deserve to kind of kick off all of its imitators afterwards? I think so. I think that original <clears throat> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is pretty damn good. I I know it kind of drags a little bit and there, it's got a little bit of problems, but I mean. But doesn't it have the same cheesy dialogue and sort a of. A little bit, but the action is better. The characters are better. The story is better. it's a little it's much darker like they literally smash shredder at the very end of that movie like he is murdered um (laughs) Raphael is like just you know beaten like pretty graphically um yeah i think i think that you need to go back and watch that again i think it is a really good movie like it is an eight out of ten movie for me really okay yeah yeah well i I might be kind of biased too, because it was like one of the first five films I saw in the theater. So, but yeah, it's still a really good movie, especially comparatively to other. From from a critical standpoint, you think from a storytelling, pacing, action, everything else, it still holds up. Yes. yes. Now the other, now the other ones, the other ones, I don't like, I think secret of the ooze is much more like double dragon where they try to turn it into much more funny. They kind of, push away from the martial arts a little bit because they don't want it to be too violent for kids. So they kind of downplay all that. Um, you know, you have Razor and whatever the other one is called, whatever the, oh, not, the guy. Yeah. yeah, not, not uh, Toka and Razor. Um, and, you know, so they're kind of getting these other characters that they're re they're introducing that weren't in the show, but look, man, I think that first one is really good and you should probably watch that and it is a thousand times better than double dragon <laughs> you agree with that yeah. john yeah I, I actually do because think about it right you have <clears throat> dacascus and wolf who are supposed to be these martial arts experts <clears throat> excuse me one guy can't do martial arts <laughs> yeah one one can't versus four guys wearing these heavy ass rubber suits with animatronic heads mm-hmm. and they're kicking ass and you know it, it was such and I think it goes back to what you were saying. It's a much better story, but it flowed a lot better in terms of visually what you saw. Yeah, there were some cheesy lines, but they worked. You know what I mean? The martial arts, it worked. These fight scenes, some of them, who was it? Michelangelo was hitting them with symbols and stuff like that, but it still played off. It worked. And it to this day, I would watch that movie over and over again. 
over double dragon because after this week, this this is one of those I'm going to drink myself into a stupor to forget this because <laughs> whereas well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, why yeah. doesn't why isn't this film? I mean, it's a mid '90s film. It's got the mid '90s special effects. It's got the goofiness. I mean, on paper, when when you take a step back and go, well, let me write down what I saw. This thing should be so bad it's good. Like it should be a blast to sit there, have a six pack, and get a group of guys together and just laugh at this thing. So, what about it is preventing it from hitting that level of fun where you go, okay, this is a piece of garbage, but I can still sit back and laugh at it and go, oh my God, in the 90s, what was going on with everybody in the bleached hair? Like that's oh, yeah. the question. That's the question that popped into my mind. I'm like, did everybody get free hair bleach in the '90s? And I forgot about that. Like, I never got mine. And the '90s fashion, like nobody can make fun of the '80s Wait, fashion after the '90s. You never fashion. did anything to your hair? No. Why? Oh. Why would I? Did you? Yeah, because I was like 13 in the early '90s. So you like did you bleached your hair? Well, Mid '90s. You're bleaching yeah. your hair and everything. I mean, like Eminem came around, and you know, in the summer, you kind of. I want to see these stuff. pictures. <laughs> So bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk to your mom. Um, and, and I mean, <laughs> sorry, mom. She, she's probably still mad about that, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and you've got these, and there's something I'll say this charming about the mid nineties special effects that are, are so terrible. Uh, they, they did get virtual reality, right? I think a little bit, although I don't think kids of that age would be watching roller coasters. They'd be watching no, he's something watching else. Porn. He's watching porn. He's watching. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, I just what what is keeping this film from hitting that level? There's no it? there's no charm in this film. There's no. zero charm. No, there's no there's there. No there light. is two. There's literally two charms that make <laughs> one charm. But there's no charm in this movie. Like yeah. there needs to. The only person that you would find likable is 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 the villain, you know, Shuko Robert Patrick. Yeah, that was about the only bright spot in this movie. The Koskis, while. You know, he's kicking ass. He looks good. When you start listening to his lines, you're like, oh, God, it's just awful. Well, and then, he, yeah, he has to play off Scott Wolf, too. And you're like, Which is, I'm sorry. oh, my God. Yeah. It's like a it's walking like, how much, dead fish, man. He, Scott Wolf yeah. is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like, and, you know, if, if you have a director that's trying to make a movie and gear it towards, you know, a younger audience to, to really kind of get into that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibe, because you know, we're pulling from all that, you got to have something that's likable. And outside of Robert Patrick Ashuka, they're they're really. I mean, Alyssa Milano in this movie. I, I mean, yeah, they, I'll, I'll be honest with you. With yeah. Scott Wolf and Alyssa Milano, like Mark Dacascos, I actually think is pretty good in this for what he has to do. Yeah. So he he's got the physicality. Um, even when he is being dramatic, I get it. Right. When he's trying to be funny, I, I get it. It comes across. But I have no idea how Scott Wolf and Alyssa Milano have a career after this film. Like this should have just ended it for or a relationship. They dated after this and they have zero chemistry with each other. I'm like, I could tell you for a fact this relationship's not gonna work. I know you're you're very horny for each other because you're you're playing teenagers. You're right. supposed to be teenagers, but yeah. we're literally not. Um so yes, you're two attractive looking people, go at it. That's fine. Um yeah, I, I, I don't like, and maybe uh, that's you know, and for me that was part of it. Was like why Alyssa Milano? There were so many, uh, guy who was who was Angelina Jolie back then. She would have been, 
500 too, times better. She's too busy doing hackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Another right. awesome movie. Don't yeah. rag on hackers. That's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like pick somebody out because she. Ugh. Hold on. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I, 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 I can't yeah. stand her in this movie because I, there's just something about her character and the way she delivers her performance. It's just like, you know what? You're, you're somebody I hope, you know, someone slaps you. Wow. That's aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's, 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 cause you see, she's supposed to be like this tough chick and then she screams. She sees a dead body. She screams. Well, so is, I mean, so do Scott Wolf and, and Mark Dacascus. They scream all the time too. It's no, and, but, but then you see her try to do like a crescent kick and she can't get her foot above her waist. And I'm like, how did, did you see what she's shorts. wearing? It was those, those shorts. shorts you're, go, yeah. You're not. What you guys are like. The stockings. I, I'm sorry. The leg. The the leg warmers. Dude, they stocking, sexualized jean this shorts. girl for a kids movie. There are so many ass shots in this movie where they linger. Yeah. There's there's one where she's crawling in that hole, and you're just like, okay, why did not she just spread her cheeks? Let's look at her brown eyes. And then they like, chase after. I, Jesus. It surprised oh, yeah, me. This is who follows right yeah. now. Yeah. This yeah. surprised me. It was yeah. PG-13. Like I. I oh my. After it was God. over with, I'm like, oh now. I, I get why and it's PG thirteen now, yeah. and that's what you know. I, I I go back to what that when I was listening to that director talk about. It, I'm like, you're really trying to make this for kids, and this is what you bring to the to it, and it's like it just doesn't. None of it really works, and they overly complicate it. They yes. overly complicate it. It should be, she's dating one of the brothers. She gets captured. Now let's go fight our way through. Yeah, like we could do warrior. We could do warrior that like warriors that way. We could do. Now we have to fight the the baseball gang. Now we yeah. have to fight, you know, uh-oh, now it's a Bobo. And he's not some super mutant. He's just some big guy. I agree. Um, I, th- I think I think they here wanted the clowns. to do that. Sorry, yeah. no, so Let's not talk about clowns. Uh, I, I think that's what they were trying to do. I, I Again, the arcade game, when you talk about Mortal Kombat being more or less a video game version of Enter the Dragon, uh, Double Dragon should be more or less a video game version of the Warriors. It's you're getting through the city, fighting all these different gangs, and instead of getting home, you're trying to save the girl. I get it. And there's elements of that here, but I'm just, it, this is just one of those films that I'm, I'm amazed, and I would really love to sit down to somebody and explain, like, where where is the charm? Because somebody finds this charming, and somebody likes this because it has a cult following to a certain degree, because there's an audience for it or else they wouldn't put the special edition Blu-ray out. Well, I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think, I think, you know, I have two copies of it cause <laughs> I, I bought one cause it, it, for the longest time you couldn't get it over here. And the only way you could get it was like a German Blu-ray copy. And I bought it last year or no, it was oh, you a couple years uncut, before. Yeah. You got yeah, that, that uncut, uncut version. And then all of a sudden MVDs releasing it with all these special features. And I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of interested in seeing, what the people had to say when they were making this, but um, so is the did you want did you watch the uncut version? Did they're you? both ninety six minutes. There's nothing. Okay, so there's literally nothing. Okay, I, I'm assuming by uncut, there's probably a VHS version or something floating out there that was missing something out of it. I oh, don't know. Okay, who knows? I, I didn't do enough research on this. I, the again, the things that I learned, you know, when it's like, well, what did you learn, Troy? Well, I learned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles really just I, I think created this template that everybody was following in the in the 90s for these family films and this one i i still scratch my head because i'm like man 
I, I should get a couple of loose cannons, you know, heavy seas, loose cannons have those. And I should be <laughs> laughing for 96 minutes during this thing on how goofy it is. But I, I snicker here and there and I'm like, Oh, I, I kind of see what they're going for, but I, I can't figure out why it's, it's just not working. The charm thing makes sense to me because yeah. if there's it, one thing I remember about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, I found those personalities and the, and the brothers and the interaction charming. Yeah. 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 Samurai cop is charming. There's a charm to it. Yes. Yeah. Miami yeah. connection. Miami charm. connection. Yeah. Has a yeah. charm. There's a yeah. charm going on with those. Even I would say the room for what it is, has this weird charm to it and a sincerity, but it, there's a charm. And I would watch those films before this one. Cause I actually think this movie is extremely boring as well. The, the third act is a mess that I can't, I can't sit through that third act again. Oh, yeah. What, I've never seen a film in the last 30 minutes, like do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really know what that amulet coming together is gonna do. They got new because suits. Because when it when it does, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. It just changes your world. And and his whole thing is not world domination. He just wants to take over New Angeles. Like if your villain just wants to take over a city, maybe you should have bigger aspirations. Yeah, well, especially after they kind of show a, you what it looks like. You know, yeah, hey, yeah. this is what the city is. This you can have sucks. it. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All yours, yeah. bud. <laughs> you went yep. Detroit go right ahead <laughs> there I will say that so I wrote this down there there is one scene that I find incredibly impressive like I, I literally sat there and was like how did they do that and how many takes did they have to go through in order to get it right and man that's intimidating so it's, it's the scene Robert Patrick and his henchmen walk into the theater and all of them take their sunglasses off at the same time. I'm like, holy cow. I mean, well, it, someone off screen just lifts up something and then when I, you I don't see know. Them- it just looked good. I mean, it was so cool. I want to like go get a gang and just so I can work with them to coordinate taking off sunglasses because I found that pretty awesome. That that yeah, was hey. the, that was the highlight of the film for me because I'm, I'm sitting okay. there like, wow, how many takes did that take? Because that was that was crazy good. Like it we, was we, it was on. We could probably figure that out. Are you sure? Yeah. Hey, well, let's try it next time we're together. Okay. But we need like five or six people. I mean, it wasn't just like two or three guys. No, like I mean, two people six. is not a gang. Two oh. people is two people. Okay. We need a gang. How many people do you need for a gang? Three? Four? What's the uh, minimum? I'm going to say gang? more than four. Okay. Like We will find four people in practice four. taking yeah. sunglasses off. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, this one's hard to talk about because there's nothing. It. I find this one very hard to even make fun of because. Yeah. I, I don't know what to I say mean, that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not like uh, you got served, right? I can drink and laugh, and that's a horrible movie. That's a terrible movie. But it's so bad, it's good. I'll watch it. You know what I mean? Because it's that bad. Uh, Drumline, I think, is the same. You know, for me, it's the same way. Uh, this movie is it's it's just bad. The only one of the highlights that I truly love was was Julia Nixon. I mean, I, she has just like these gorgeous eyes and just remembering her from Rambo. And then, you know, but her character, I mean, you could tell she didn't even really want to do the movie. She's just like, Billy, Jimmy, get the medallions. Okay, bye. You know, it's just, uh, there, there's just nothing. I'm sorry. There are a couple of things. You know, the, the, the staff fight scene between Mark and um, uh, Al was just pretty, you know, awesome but outside of that you know like you said you get to the movie it's it's 
the pacing is so bad. You're like, what? Wait, they just, okay, they left here. They're now, they, they got out of the river of death where they're going to get diarrhea for 10 weeks straight. And now what the hell's going on here? And oh, now they're, they're there's a blue coat. There's the blue and there's the others oh, player one. There's player two. What's going on here? And I, I could follow the, it. The, the, I, the suits come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what the medallion does. It changes your wardrobe. You yeah. know what I mean, it's, that's about it. I don't need a medallion for that. No, I think no. I, I actually think that <laughs> this sounds weird. I think the problem is I could follow this film. No problem. It, it was so basic. Like I, I needed a little bit of an element like, whoa, where did that come from? Why are they doing this now? Yeah, surpri- a surprise would have been nice. That that doesn't make sense whatsoever. Like I feel like some I, f- I feel like some confusion and a little bit more batshit craziness in this film. And I would have loved this thing. But the fact that you can follow it from A to B, it's a very simplistic script. It is written by sixth grader, I think. because uh, those <laughs> those lines are are terrible. But in crayon. Um, yeah. And crayon. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's up, chicken butt? Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're you're I, I, scared of me? Wait for my lawyers? Like you yeah. said, there's just like some surprise. Like he, there's a pretty badass looking motorcycle that's got like, you know, 50 million rivets. And as soon as he kick, you know, hits the Kickstarter, it falls apart. Yeah. I mean, that was supposed to be funny. Oh, come on. That's just try harder, guys. You know, it you is. I, I, need, I need more. <laughs> I need more incompetent filmmaking in this yeah. in order for it to, because there's no way it's going to be a good film. So I feel like this is the type of film that you lean it, lean it to the crash. You, just go. You just yeah. need yeah. to go for it and go, you know what? Let's just put every, you know, I almost thought they were doing that with some of the uh, Bobo stuff where they turn them into mutant and you're like, okay, where's this going? And it doesn't really go anywhere, no. but I, I really needed, I really needed um, more cocaine on the set. That sounds yes. horrible. I'm not sitting, you know, I'm a Nancy Reagan kid. Drugs are bad. But look, if you're going to do this kind of film. That was designed. Okay, go ahead. We should we should just <laughs> hand out all the cocaine that everybody wants and go, hey, look, 30 days, film it. Go for it, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, you're, you're trying so hard. And, you know, if they were able to find that balance between TMNT and Warriors of Virtue, but somehow have an actual... I think that that was part of the problem, like a start and an end to this movie. Then I think they would have done all right. But it, again, there's no real start and end to this movie because it's just a hodgepodge of events that happen. I mean, hell, even if Marion got a splinter, that could have changed the whole story. It could have changed the whole dynamic and direction of the film. Who knows? Um, but it was just it's just it, it's a snore fest. It really, really is. I agree. I've I've never wanted. <laughs> it sounds terrible. I've, I've never wanted people to do more cocaine in my life than when I watch this film. Yeah. And I'm like, please yeah. take some type of mind altering substance <laughs> behind the scenes, and give us something just totally crazy. But didn't happen, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys, the Streets of Rage movie would have been better. I would it really? No, it would no. Have not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't. I. What else do you got to say about this? I mean, I. It's pretty light. I think. And I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what else to, to banter about. It's just about. a simple movie that has a terrible plot that you can predict that doesn't surprise you with one of the worst scripts I think I've ever had to listen to in my entire life with some of the worst line delivery I've ever. Scott Wolf is bad. Scott Wolf is bad. Alyssa Milano is not great in this movie either. And Mark Dacascos isn't, this isn't a movie I would say, hey, if you like Mark Dacascos, go out and see this movie. Cause you'll be like, eh, 
nope. is he good? Because you'll have to start kind of questioning a little bit. Um, I do think Robert Patrick is having a little bit of fun, and I, I think he might be the highlight for me. Performance-wise, 100%. Yeah, yes. I don't foresee myself ever watching this again unless I see my son in 10 years being like, hey, Dad, can we watch Double Dragon? And I'll be like, oh, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, is it time for the question? Then? This, is what, this is what I have to look forward to now that I have like a five-year-old. So, wow. Yeah, hey, I mean, look, put this, put this in there and let them discover it on their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, the story had such a simple concept. If they were really trying to take it from the video game and they couldn't even get that right. You had multiple video games, which they borrowed a little bit here and there from, um, but, you know, I don't even think they were shooting for the moon. I think they were just shooting for, like, you know, the neighbor's fence, and they still missed. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, maybe a lot more, you know, maybe Scarface should have visited the set a little bit more often. But, yeah, this, it was, yeah. Well, yeah, they got their influence from Robert Patrick. He wasn't trying to take over the world. He just wanted a city. So they were trying to take <laughs> over the world. They just wanted to, yeah. We're not trying to make a movie. We're just trying to. Put, put something, something out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the game came out in 87 and then you're really talking seven years later to get the film out. So, um, a little late to the party, but you know, I, I get it. You, you've got an industry that just says we're going to start creating product off of video games. This is the second one they did. Obviously super Mario brothers didn't, you know, do very well either. So, uh, I, and then the, I think the film that came after this was street fighter and it, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but I think it made a little bit more money. It made more money. I mean, I, you yeah. know, here's an industry trying to figure it out, right? You got yeah. video it game. Wasn't, I mean, Mortal Kombat was considered like the biggest success for a while when yeah. it came to video game movies. So Yeah, and I get that. I mean, they're, they're pulling from properties that I think don't inherently have this ingrained deep uh, story that can be filmed easily. And so you got to create that world around it. Uh, they they just man they just didn't do a really good job I think in the early days they nope. they're figuring nope. it out though right no. well I think they're figuring it out because video games are getting better from their storytelling perspective yes too. yes exactly so. and if you get it right you can turn it into a franchise everyone likes IP that they can turn into a franchise and having a built in audience like comic books but now you turn it into a video game you know you can turn that into a billion dollars you oh, know yeah. everyone wants but a billion dollars. Can they really? I think if they got like, say you got the Halo stuff correct and you turn it into this awesome sci-fi movie, I think you can make something like Halo work or maybe I don't, I don't like the direction they're taking Uncharted right now, but I feel like that could have like really moved into like that Indiana Jones void. Um, yeah. Maybe like Last of Us or so, you know, because The Walking Dead is so big. It, there's... You, there's all these, so, you know, maybe someone wants to try to do Metal Gear Solid one day. Um, there's all these properties that I think are ripe for someone to try and someone will um, because there is that audience and there's potential. And if the risk is low enough, say you can make this for $100 million and you feel like that's a, a low enough risk and your risk tolerance is whatever. I think I think you could give it a try, and I think it could be successful. Um, you know, at one point in time, Steven Spielberg was like 
attached to the Halo stuff. And then Neil Blomkamp was attached to the Halo stuff. So it's, they're like, that would have been perfect, but I, they're, they're looking at the right, they're moving in the right direction with some of these video game movies. And of course, you know, you look at something like I just watched fast nine and that is essentially like a video game movie, like in a superhero movie combined, like they're doing all sorts of stuff. So who knows what successful is now? Cause that movie franchise is baffles me every time I see a new entry. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the problem is it's still, it's Hollywood. I mean, uh, what's the one I just saw recently? Um, like, have you guys ever played the game uh, monster hunter? I think it was on PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's talk about the movie. How awesome was that movie? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Case in point. That's, that's, that's just what it goes. It's like, you know, even though you got the budget, you got the stars and stuff. If Hollywood doesn't, doesn't put together a good I wouldn't, movie. Oh, I wouldn't say ooh. it. There are more there. So in, since this is the last one we're doing before we move into, you know, spooky season, Vidi, this is a hard, this is a hard genre to crack because, especially now, to your point, Brad, you've got a franchise with a world built in now with like the modern day video games, and the world building in video games is freaking amazing, because you know take take a video game that on average takes you forty forty five hours to complete. That's 40 and 45 hours of you understanding the world, getting close to the characters, everything else, and it's very immersive. With a film, yeah. you get ninety minutes to two hours in order well, to try. Well, not it. now. You get three hours yeah. sometimes now. But but even then, you know, let's yeah. let's split the difference. Say two and a half hours. You get two and a half hours to develop an attachment to the characters and also to understand the world that is being built in front of you. And they have to do two things: they have to appease the gamers who are familiar with this. And then they have to do it in such a way that newcomers will come to this and not feel lost. Yeah. So yeah. I actually think for any filmmaker who says, uh, oh, I've been attached to this video game property, you know, it's good luck. That's probably got to be the most difficult thing to film. And, and it's the same with books or any other properties, et cetera. You, you've got to appease the fan base at the same time, bring something new and interesting for the fan base to kind of go, well, I, I just not watching a rehash of cutscenes where I could play the video game. Right. And then it has to appeal to a mass audience to where they can come in. I mean, the Marvel movies and the DC movies, when they hit and they're successful, it's because it's doing something right for the core audience who maybe grew up with those characters, but it's also, it, it's also a good bridge work or, it's basic enough for the common viewer to come in and attach themselves to and, and say, oh, yeah, I, I, I can relate to that character. I can relate to this. Or I do find that world and that environment awe, you know, awe-inspiring. It, this one, oh, man, I mean, it's it tries. I'll, I'll give it this. It tries. It, try, it, it does try to be weird enough. It tries to build that word, you know, world up. And it's borrowing for some pretty heavy, you know, resources like the Warriors or – uh, whatever, whatever it's trying to do, but you know, man, it's, it's just boring. I think, I think it yeah. commits the, the cardinal, um, sin of movie making and it's just boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the, the, the most recent example where I think a video game movie was truly, truly successful is it's, it, and, and it's because they took a, the concept of a video game movie and kind of spun it around on its head and, 
I love the movie. My kids love the movie. Thought it was very fun, very enjoyable, and and really enjoyed the world and the characters and the story they put together, as, as well as all the other bonus features into it. And that was um, Free Guy. Okay. As, for a movie as a video game, they did it right. You know, they took a video game and you follow along. You know what the story's going to be, but then you start you, you start getting some fan service, uh, you know, for those video games and stuff like that. And, and they did it right. Whereas again, like you said, this movie. You, you had a huge fan base, a huge following, you know, from Double Dragon to Double Dragon 8, you know, Renegade, all that good stuff. And then you deliver, to your point, a, a very boring movie that really has no rewatchability whatsoever. And it should. It uh, it really should. It yeah. It's right on the cusp of being bonkers enough that you should be able to put it in and just have fun with it and laugh at it and everything else. But it's it, man, it's missing something, man. It's missing the charm. Like you guys said, yeah, missing the charm. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with you, John, and ask the question as our, our, uh, you know, our resident Mark Dacascus expert. We took some time to talk about 1994's double dragon. Is this a bomb? This movie is not a bomb. It is a mother of all bombs. Ooh. Oh, ouch. Um, it is, it is, it is. I love you, Mark, Mr. Dacascus. I love you. Um, this movie just, there, there are just no redeeming qualities to it outside of a few. <clears throat> they're, they're not even diamonds in the rough. They're more like, you know, cubic zirconias uh, in the rough, uh, to this movie, but uh, there's no rewatchability. Um, my daughter just absolutely hated it. Uh, and she's a video game nerd. Um, there's again, outside of Robert Patrick, who had a a lot of fun, um, doing this movie, you can tell, yeah, there's, there's, if someone said, you know, did you watch the movie? Yeah. What was it? Awesome. I'm like, you know, to your point, go shoot up some cocaine. You'll have a better time. (laughs) No, we're we're not encouraging people to do cocaine. We are not, we are not (laughs) go smoke candy cigarettes or something like that. But you know, that's about it. Um, yeah, this, this movie, this movie's horrible. Okay. Sorry. Well, Brad, what about you? What What's your final oh, thoughts on this thing? This is an absolute bomb. Um, it's that bomb that blew up that theater. So I don't know. <laughs> it was this movie is bad. I hated literally probably every second of it. So holy cow, every second. The boat thing was was, I think, an okay action sequence for a little bit, and then Robert Patrick. But besides that, keep it. Okay. Uh. So there are a couple of movies that I'm trying to weigh this against and it's mortal Kombat, annihilation and solar babies. I, I feel like those are the two supernova S- supernova. Yeah. Supernova. Well, we agreed that was the worst one we've seen. So that's the bottom. I thought mortal Kombat annihilation was the worst. We didn't agree to that, but I, I would say, psh, no, I like annihilation better than supernova. Yeah, I, so I'm just going to put them all together and go okay. Supernova, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, Solar Babies, Double Dragon. I I, do, I can't tell you which one's worse. I I will say this: each one has an oddity to it. So, and and there's something in the background that if if you're a true film fan, and you know you want to kind of go back and say, what did they do with this property? I want to see the early stages of video game films, or you want to see what the studio is trying to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Watch, watch double dragon. I mean, I, I'm not going to discredit anybody or, or say, wow, uh, you like that film. 
something's wrong with you. I mean, if you, you like what you like, right. But I, this one's an odd one. It really is odd. And I, I, I don't know if I'll ever revisit it again, much less if my kids were like, Hey, let's watch double dragon and be like, Hey, you should go watch that on your own. Cause why would you do that to your father? That's just mean. But yeah, it's it's a total bomb. I have a little bit of time left. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting down on the hours here, guys. Uh, that's that's 96 minutes. That means a lot to me. But yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know which one's worse though. I mean, I I want to say Double Dragon is like the worst, but then when I think about Supernova or I think about Solar Babies or I think about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, it's hard, man. It it's really hard. I mean, that that's like grading what is the worst type of molded cheese? Uh, I don't know. Can't even even a bad analogy for it, but yeah. I, I'll say this out of all the um, themes we've done, I have least enjoyed the video game theme. Yeah, that was, that was my idea. And I have to apologize. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad we did it. I'll, I'll yeah. say this. I have a little bit more respect for the movies that are based on video game properties that I actually do like. And, and I, it was fun to go back and revisit Mortal Kombat, the first one, and, you know, appreciate it for a little bit more than just, hey, it was one of the early successful video game films. I mean, I like the cinematography, everything else, but it it's amazing to me how empty and lifeless and so many of these video game films are out there, and you've, you've really got to work hard to find the good in these, uh, in my opinion. I think overall, this is like a genre that I, I would not like to to concentrate on or, or visit again in the future, un, unless you know, I, unless the quality changes. I'm, I mean, do, well, you, do I, you guys I, think, I think the quality is changing? I, I don't think it is. I mean, you just brought up Monster Hunter. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the problem. Is again, you go back to Hollywood. They're they're just going to put something out there uh, to cater to or, or, or betting on. That the kids uh, like Pokemon Pet Detective. That was, I heard, very very terrible bad. Well, no, it's like no. Oh, it was it was perfectly. good. Yeah. yeah, was it? Okay. Yeah. Yes, but you know what I mean. It's like they're they're taking more of a bets on you know kids are going to make their parents take them to go see this movie um, because they play this video game and you know this video game has a huge following. So hey, money, 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 and then they don't get it right. And I think that's going to be you know part of the problem that will continue to plague them. Uh, or Hollywood or whatever film industry that, that tries to keep doing video game movies. I mean, someone will, someone will get it right. And then it'll be chasing Marvel all over again. Well, they, they did. And, so you just brought up uh, detective Pikachu. That's a yeah. great example. Like I, I have no interest in anything Pokemon. I, I can't even tell you what it is or name any of this yeah. stuff. We watched it simply because Ryan Reynolds voiced a character in there. And I got to say for, he's the, Pikachu. Yeah. So for having zero, I don't know, knowledge about any he's of that the, universe. He's the titular <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Yes, he's Detective Pikachu. So to sit there and and actually there there's a sequence when he's talking to the duck thing in the back of the car. I laughed pretty damn hard through that whole thing. But I really enjoyed that film. And it's a good example of what I was just talking about. I'm, I think the fans like that because of what it was doing in terms of taking elements from from its video game world and getting it right or trading card world. I don't know what came first, but for the uninitiated, it was, wow, that was actually pretty entertaining. So I have, I have more appreciation for those films when they do it right. But, you know, I got to tell you, this is a genre of somebody were like, 
hey, we're going to do a whole marathon of, you know, the Alamo Draft House is doing video game. I'm skipping it, man. <laughs> I just, yeah. there's, there's way too many bombs than successes, I think, out there. And, yeah. and I think, to your point, John, it, it's sort of designed that way because they're they're quick cash grabs because yeah. the kids are going to go, I want to I see what the, what the movie's going to be like. And, yeah. and then I'm going to get on the internet and complain about it. Yeah. And yeah, speaking of that, I mean, that kind of makes you kind of wonder, you know, about the new um, Mario movie, because my daughter, she came up and hit me up. She she did the, she tortured me with the questions of guess who's playing Mario? Guess who's playing Bowser? And I'm, and she telling me the actor's names. I'm like, this is, this is a Super Mario Brothers movie that they're doing. And an animated like, yeah. film. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, and uh, okay, let's, let's see what happens, you know? Because I like you, I like I love I like the uh, the actual live action movie, but that's me. I mean, I, I don't like it. I just said that I would prefer <laughs> to watch it over Double Dragon. I think you I said you it. loved it, Brad. Yeah. Okay. Okie okay. dokie. <laughs> yeah. It's me. It's uh, me, Mario. So for next month, yeah, let's let's move on from the bad stuff and move to the good stuff, which what, I will always admit favorite months. Yes, I will yeah. always admit that October is my favorite month. Yeah. Um, I, like most people watch horror movies a lot, but in October, it's an excuse to literally watch them all the time. Um, my wife and I have a spreadsheet of the ones we were watching this year. Oh, we're making wow. sure that we hit. God. Of course you do. Hey, you know, that's what we do, man. Um, <clears throat> so for October, we are doing Spooktober or Spooktacular or whatever you want to call it. Spooktober. Is that what we call our Spooktober? Uh, it's spooky whatever. month. Yeah. Spooky month. And uh, I get to pick the first film. So I am picking the 2010 film that is directed by Joe Johnston. It is The Wolfman. I love Joe Johnston. Yes. Um, Did he not direct The Rocketeer? He did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's a a Marvel guy too. Um, Yeah. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to have lots of guests on this month or next month for October. Um, There's really nothing better then getting a bunch of people together and talk about horror films. Um, I've never my seen this version of the Wolfman. Okay. <clears throat> I saw this in the theater with Charlie. Um, this was one of the, he and I started a podcast in 2009 and this was one of the episodes we did pretty early on. Um, so, and this was one of those movies because I had, uh, obviously the internet was pretty prevalent and this one had like a long development and all that stuff. So I followed it quite a bit. And I believe the trailer came out in front of Inglorious Bastards. I believe. I want to say that's correct. Oh, um, wow. That's some memory. So, yeah. Well, well, I, I have to ask I have to ask you guys. When you of, see a film like five times in the theater, you yeah. kind of remember what was played. Um, anyway. Out of all the Universal Monsters, which one's your favorite? <sighs> like film or character? Uh, I, I would be surprised if they're not the same, but yeah, if you, if you have a different film for me, it's the Wolfman launch. That is my favorite character and it's probably my favorite film out of them. Second to that's probably creature of the black lagoon. It's, it's, it's scary. Those, those, I mean, you said exactly what I was going to say. I, I feel for the Wolfman and you know, the creature, you know, some kid flushed him down the toilet a long time ago and he's just, you know, he's just looking for love. Yeah, Someone to love him. Yeah. You know? Aren't we all? Yeah. I mean, I like Dracula a lot. Uh, 
I don't know. All right. Well, you have a week to think about it. So we're going to start with that um, when we come back. And Does talk the bride of Frankenstein count? Yeah. Hey, look, okay. that's that's like my daughter's favorite. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So 2010's The Wolfman will be next up on our show. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, um. So Troy and I have a theme month for obviously October for November and December. Do we have one for January already planned out? I think we were going to go back yeah. in January and look at the, like pick four bombs of 2021. Yeah. You were going we to pick two and I was going to pick two. Yeah. I, I can uh, already so, tell you there's, there's two that are on my radar. This year I've actually found a couple, well more than a couple. I'm going to have a problem picking two movies because there've been so many of that bomb that I liked. I hope we don't have to talk about Dune. I really hope we don't have to. I think we're going to be talking about Dune. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be one of them. We'll see. Um, so anyway, so that means if you want to leave us a recommendation, it'll probably be February before we start kind of getting back to our list. But please, between now and then, leave us a, a suggestion or a comment. Um, that's not a bomb pod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can message them uh, your suggestions there or leave feedback there. Um, what else, Troy? What else we got we going? We will on? be getting back to Cowboy Bebop. We we yeah. had a couple of weeks of problems recording that one. So. Well, yeah, I got super sick. I got so sick, it's like going to be the basis on how I kind of rate how sick I am <laughs> on how I was last week. Like, oh, was it as bad as I was this time? Because if not, then I'm not dead. So get over it. This is like my new pinnacle of how sick. I can be, but there, there is good news. So we have been slowly getting through cowboy bebop and I'm so upset that we, uh, we had to end on a freaking cliffhanger part. Still mad about that, but I'm, I'm sticking to the code. I'm not watching the next ones till we do that. However, Netflix did release the title sequence sort of as a preview. So you can so see, good. you can see how the show starts. John, did, did you watch it? What do you think of it? Not yet. I I'm I'm already soured on um the live action, but I'll check it out. Oh, it hasn't even come out yet, John. Yeah, what uh, up, man? When you hire the creator of Cowboy Bebop as a consultant, and he comes out and flatly says, "I gave him a bunch of ideas, and they didn't use any of them," um, then I'm I'm kind of worried about what the hell this is going to be. That's that's what I'm. Yeah. Well, they're not going to. Okay, we're not getting into this right now. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we will be back with that. I apologize for my illness, but I made it for Sunday. So we're all back. Welcome. We're back. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to record that episode this week. So that's coming out. Yep. So look for that one, John, as always, it is a pleasure to have you back on. We'll be seeing you here shortly in the future too. We'll probably squeeze you on uh, at some point for spooky month too. We got We got to talk some movies. But um, I don't know what else, Brad. Uh, please listen to our friends over at the VHS Files podcast, The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. They've been having a pretty good run. They did a Sonny Chiba episode that is a lot of fun, and I think their yeah. new one just dropped today as well. Pretty good stuff. Uh, let's see who else. Um, I think you and I are going to be showing up on a podcast here pretty soon. More on that probably in the next week or so. Yep, because we're our schedules are freeing up, and we're actually answering some of the uh, emails and the calls for people who have said, "Hey, come and be on our show." So uh, we're going to do that. But yeah, yeah, check out all of our friends. I mean, we've got friends with Cinefits with Alex is fantastic. There's the Backlook Cinema podcast, which is a lot of fun. 
but we're trying to promote a lot of other podcasts um, that have been out there promoting us. And uh, we only promote the ones that we listen to and we kind of like, and, and those are some great personalities to listen to. So please check those out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you are listening in the morning, the afternoon or evening, but thank you for downloading this episode. Get ready for Spooktober. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I think we have some amazing films to talk about this month. I'm so excited for it. And these have actually, uh, I, I think all of them are requests that have come through over the last year. So yep. none of these films are ones that Brad and I picked, but they're ones that have come from other listeners. So The Wolfman was the first one. And I think that one came out, was it last October? Somebody wrote it. Yeah, it was a long one? time ago, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so we saved the list. And um, every film that we're talking about in October has been recommended by somebody. Or I think there's two of them that have been recommended like by a bunch of people. Yep. So um, get ready for that. Don't lose your head. 